Welcome everybody, I'm Jared, he's DJ, and this is Number One Bullshit. So can we uh, talk about the big winner of the night, which is the UFC France Francais fans? I mean, oh, was it, dude, we we talked about last week's crowd. This one was louder. How? Oh yeah. How? It it was like a different. It, it was a very different very, feel, like, like soccer that, kind of almost. Foot, yeah, football? like that. <clears throat> yes, football yeah. uh, in Paris. Uh, <laughs> it's one of the the cool things about them doing these shows on the road right is the fact that and in other countries because you get the different cultures like, yep. even though singapore was a little more lively than say a japanese crowd would have been there was still like it was somewhat reserved at times but then they were very much like there for their people yep whereas like this one yeah it was like a soccer game they're singing songs when i think it was during the feed the during the featured prelim the uh they started singing that song yeah during the first round and the announcers got quiet and everyone was it was like being at a concert it was unbelievable and i you could feel the energy through the screen like could you imagine no no i can't imagine because i was hyped i can't imagine how loud it was the only time the crowd was like quiet is when the two people from France were fighting each other. They're like, ah, oh, we don't know who to cheer for, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. This is fucked up, dude. <laughs> do, do we cheer the whole time? Do we not cheer? <laughs> yeah, like, like, I'm not happy with my guys. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, yeah, the crowd, God, it's just, awesome. it's fun to see, especially on these, like, fight night cards. This isn't even a pay-per-view. And then, and then what, next week we're in um, Australia? I mean, come on. Ooh, like, yeah. come on, dude. It's going to be for, like, for Izzy. So, yeah, but... Shout out to that crowd. It, it it does make the fights even more fun. Sometimes I don't always watch with the volume on, but this mm-hmm. one, once I heard the crowd, I was like, I'm keeping, I'm listening to everything. So, so dude, then it goes Australia, then Noche. So it's actually in an arena. It's not at the Apex oh, wow. in Vegas. And then Apex. <laughs> it's oh, like that, that Apex shows to be such oh, a letdown. So <laughs> bizarre, dude. Like, where are the people at, man? It's just awesome crowd. Awesome crowd and quiet. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, great crowd. I mean, the the I can't. I mean, you saw Bisbing. I think we talked about it a little bit in between the prelims and the main card. Like he was hype. Like one of those moments where Paul Felder's getting back into the testing pool, and you know he's like, I want this moment back. So it was cool. That's what he talked about was with the uh, just seeing mm-hmm. the like send off for Zombie of being mm-hmm. like, ooh, I need that in my life again. And one of the amazing things I noticed it at the weigh-ins was they were so gung-ho for france yep. like, it didn't matter any french fighter they were all about it when you know benoit saint denis was throwing knees to the to the ash cheek <laughs> you know like they were <laughs> they were cheering every single one like it, it. it was yeah Love it was it. really cool and then i mean they got to see their their two biggest stars on this card go out there and put in some work i mean the work that Cyril gone did was Bro. <laughs> so I, I had a theory that him losing to John Jones was going to level him up. Level up. Level up. I mean, he looked mm. great. He, All right, Sierra. <laughs> um, he, he, you know, sprawling, keeping distance. He he even got hit and didn't look like it affected him. He he learned something. Well, that's what happens when you fight these, like, uh, Canelo Mayweather's the best example, right? When you yeah. see these types of things, Sarah looked good. 
I want to see everything that he could have shown he did, right? Based on what was coming at him, flawless. Did it perfectly. Did we get to see him manage or defend what was his kryptonite of like true wrestling? No. Sure. Right? Spivak is more of that getting close, hug you up, you know, clinch type takedowns. And he, the footwork totally negated that. No, he 100%. Right? So what's going to happen if he encounters somebody who has the footwork that can corral him? Because that's exactly what John Jones did. And maybe John Jones is the only one that can do that. We talked about it last week, how different Ngannou was, yeah. you know, as far as the takedowns. So maybe John Jones is the only one that can do that to him. And, you know, gone's golden from here. But until we see that part of it, we won't know. You know, is he going to be repeatedly defending the takedowns? Because what he did here was beautiful. It was so good, dude. I was like, and and you felt it. You were like, second round, it's over. You know, you're Mm -hmm. just like, it's over. Um, And to I think Bisbee is the one who said it. He doesn't have to be a wrestler. And you're right. But... To your point, he has to be able to stop someone that's actually wrestling him, right? Yes. Not not someone that just tries to take him down, someone that's pressure wrestling him. Um, mm-hmm. But, I mean, now he gets a little bit more time to, to work on it before he fights somebody. Yes. It was awesome. Yeah, and and it's his takedown defense was very similar, and I don't know all the technical part of it, but on the surface, to a fan, his takedown defense was very much Sean O'Malley, Izzy, those guys that use their footwork to defend the takedown before you can ever get into position to attempt it. Now it's, you know, O'Malley has proven that he can get back up and same thing goes for Izzy. Both of them get taken down, but they pop back up. O'Malley did a really good job in the last fight of like actually defending takedowns and not just hitting the mat and getting back up. But that's, I think that'll be the next step for gone right once the next person can corral him if somebody can because the way he was moving his feet the way he was stabbing to the body was scary when speedback locked him up on the cage the first time and couldn't get him down and gone through that knee on the break Mm -hmm. and speedback you know van damme like kind of kept it serious but you could tell you're like oh that fucking hurt it hurt hurt. i mean that's just being a fighter it hurt it changed um man and and the crazy thing is is like this performance, you know, Cyril gone is ranked behind Pavlovich, but it's like mm-hmm. now you can't deny his name. I know he lost to Ngannou. I know he lost to Jones, but you have to say, okay, that Cyril gone is a problem for, is a problem. I'm not saying he beats everybody. He's a problem. Yes, com- completely agree. And it might just be, and we'll see. I don't know if Stipe is the best measuring stick, but it's going to be the last one for yeah. John Jones. It could just be John Jones is that much better than everybody else. Yep. Like end of story. Maybe Gon made the adjustments he needed to based on what happened to him against Nganu going into the Jones fight. And Jones is just that much better than everybody. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, we'll never know directly. We I, I think we can relatively safely assume just because, you know, go like he, Yeah, he I mean, is. like um, yeah. But yeah, and that was one of the interesting things that they said on the broadcast when they were talking about old zucchini. Um <laughs> the that he basically said Oh yeah, John Jones is the best in the world to do it. Where's he trained? I'm gonna go train there. Like that, we're in that unique time where the best in the world is doing it, and you can go train with them. Which is like obviously, just because someone's the best, you train with them doesn't mean it's. Good, but something's gotta rub off, right? Like even even a mindset thing, even a comfortability, even just something where you're like, oh, he approaches it this way. I've never thought about it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, man. I mean, the heavyweight division is is, is pretty it's, good, man. Yeah, it's gotten exciting again, <laughs> yeah. especially excuse me, especially around that top five, yeah. right? Like, there's enough interplay there, and especially once Stipe and John Jones are gone, which like that fight's going to happen, and then I don't think either one of them is ever fighting again. Short of Stipe <sighs> do winning. Me, don't and John Jones being like, oh, I can't, you know, I ain't going out like that. Uh, but so then the next fight, there's going to be the the new title. Yep. Right. And I, there's a couple guys out there now that have a claim. You have Pavlovich, who is in, you know, I was going to wait till later to talk about with our announcements, but we'll say it now. He's He is the backup for Jones Stipe. So if mm-hmm. one of them drops out, knock on wood, hope it doesn't actually. If it does, hope it's Stipe, not Stipe, John Jones. Yeah. Yep. Um, Thank you. Yep. <laughs> if one has to drop out, let it be Stipe. Yes. Uh, but so Pavlovich is the backup there. So you have to believe that the UFC, if the title is vacated after Jones, Stipe, that Pavlovich is next man up. So then you're looking at, is it Aspinall? Is it Cyril Gaon coming off of this win? I don't know. If it's not, if they do Pavlovich Aspinall for the title, what I really want to see for Gon's next fight, because it will tell us kind of what we didn't get from this fight that we got a little bit of with the takedown defense. He takes on the winner of Curtis Blades, uh, J.L. Tenalmade. Yeah. Because those are the two best just wrestlers in in the heavyweight division at this point, John Jones aside. Yeah. that I mean, that would be... Listen, when, now that we have like kind of these fresh people come like and w- with John Jones out of the picture if he if he leaves um yeah let's see let's see any mixture of this i just i don't know i i feel like with Aspinall being out for so long having that injury coming back and fighting Tybura i could see Pavlovich versus Gon first before Aspinall versus mm. Pavlovich i could just see it um but Aspinall did the right thing he showed up in that crowd right so yes. he's like, you know, let me let me get that fight. Uh, but yeah, I don't think you have Pavlovich fight if if John Jones and Stipe are out. I don't think you have Pavlovich fight. Not one of those two guys, right? It's got to be one of those two guys. Um, but Aspinall versus Pavlovich, Pavlovich versus Gon- any any triangle of that is dope. Yeah, <laughs> like dope, I, dude. I, I mean, ultimately looking at. Like what's supposed to be the next breed of heavyweight, the fight is gone. Aspinall, yeah, right. Those are the two kind of well-rounded, and we just don't know with Pavlovich because he knocks everyone the fuck out very quickly, Which with the dope. exception of his one fight years ago with Overeem. Mm-hmm. All right, so awesome, awesome things in the heavyweight division. Which yeah. this is the first time in a long time we've really been able to to be excited about what's going on in the heavyweight division. And then the uh, another division that is just beyond exciting in my eyes is women's flyweight. And we had, I don't know if you can even call it a title eliminator just because it's so wide open and we can get into that. But uh, Menon Fior and <laughs> versus Thug Rose, but what was hilarious to me is throughout the broadcast, they could not figure out how to say her name. Yeah. But, like you had uh, Bisping repeatedly saying Fioro. Yeah. And then going to Fior, and I thought it was kind of funny because somebody tweeted about Bisping saying it wrong way earlier, uh, saying uh, Firo and him saying that that's incorrect, but then he proceeded to say it that way like throughout the broadcast. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with Fior because when I've heard Anik say it, that's what he says. Yep, that's and, what you go and, with every I'm going to go with Anik. Uh, one thing about this fight, though, that was 
interesting and I didn't really notice it because I was behind. I was dealing some with some stuff with, with uh, my son. And so then was like fast forwarding to get to this fight. But Trevor Whitman not in the corner of Thug Rose. Yeah. Um, has has any like speculation been about that? Is she no. still training with him? I, I don't know. I, oh, I would okay. assume so. I didn't watch any of like the lead up, you know, type stuff. So I don't know if that was mentioned on that, but that was you know, she was one of those people that was when you think of Trevor Whitman, you know, it's her, it's Gaethje, and then it ended up being Usman. And and so like it's kind of different that that he wasn't there. Uh, she was doing a good job of listening to her corner, granted. Uh, and I, I actually, I thought she looked pretty good. I, what were your thoughts? I, man, it's it's a it's a power thing, right? Like it just looked like this isn't her division. I don't want to jump to any conclusions because it's one fight. But to the perfect example, what was it? Maybe second round, she knocked her down and then tried to like grab her, and she just she just stood up. Um, mm-hmm. It's a shame because. If whatever Rose's uh, motivation is to go up, I think they said like she just wants to be nervous again about fighting. If that's what she's going to run into, it's like she had that overhand left landing, 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 but it wasn't enough to like put her down, uh, like wobble her. It did knock her down, but she just didn't look as strong. Man, she just didn't look as strong. Um, she, I don't think she looked bad, but when Firo hit her, it looked like oh, I felt that. When she was hitting yes. for row, sometimes it just looked like, okay, you know. Yeah. 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 Fjord really ate him pretty I well. I said her name wrong, didn't I? Yeah, he did. I got you, <laughs> homie. Uh, yeah, but she, a note I made while I was watching the fight was when Fior lands, there's, you can tell, you know, it stops Rose in her tracks and it wasn't the same coming back at her. I would like to see if. Thug Rose does think that this is her weight division that she puts on the muscle mass needed yeah. to do it. You know, because there was, you said it, there was a, a clear strength discrepancy. We talked about it on the F update. Like she just, Manon looked bigger than her, just yep. looked like a bigger human being. Uh, but that being said, I thought the fluidity of Rose's game, it looked like that Rose that beat Wei Lee, that beat Yoana, you know, throwing the feints. And I, I think the finger, whatever happened to her finger got in her head in the first round. And it was kind of like a, let me survive to get, you know, to the next round by round three. I thought she kind of had hit a little bit of a flow, uh, but it was just damage had accumulated by that point. You know, she was starting to get a little worn down in that sense, but as far as her movement, the feints, her setting stuff up, I thought it looked really good, which was nice to see after the Esparza fight. Yeah. So, um, we try not to do a lot of speculation. I'm just kind of doing a quick, like, Trevor Whitman not in the corner. Um, some people on Twitter are saying, like, they had an intro that says she's in a new improved gym, so they don't even know if they're even training with Whitman. Mm-hmm. Maybe some people are speculating some behind-the-scenes things with, like, Whitman and Pat Berry, um, which is fine uh, until that comes out. I'm sure it'll come out because now yeah. that this is saying someone's going to bring it up to him. But to your point, I thought, I thought Rose did look good, but – when you look good and you can't hurt somebody, it's like then you have to do the Nate and Nick Diaz thing where you have to accumulate, and she couldn't hit her enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, props to Fior because she just looked and, – and we talked about it last week and a little bit the week before. Show something. Do something mm-hmm. to put yourself in front of these other women. But now that it happened, I don't know. Right? <laughs> like yeah. Now that this happens, like all that stuff we talked about where she could have stole the show. Um, 
a good visual, right? Blood running down your face, beating Thug Rose. But you beat somebody that's their first time. And But I think what she said was smart. I beat a former champion. I want to beat someone that makes me a champion. Good for mm-hmm. her. Um do you think she do you think she won the title shot spot? I don't know. I <laughs> the crazy part is I I don't think she she went out and grabbed it. No. I I don't think I she agree. did that. I agree. She showed a new evolution in her game. I thought it was kind of surprising she didn't throw the sidekick as much as she did. They talked about it on the broadcast. That that might have been a game plan thing where she had seen something in Rose where she knew it wasn't going to work cuz the first time she threw it she got cracked. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't think she clinched it. And so now we're almost in a position where we have to see what happens between Grasso and Shevchenko. Yep. Right? Because if this is a close fight that Shevchenko wins, now maybe Grasso has made the argument for a rubber match. Which is a good problem to have for our fans, mm-hmm. right? Like, we're we're in a good yes. spot. Anybody can. But... I just if take away let, let's just live in a world let's make believe that the winner of the Grasso um, Shevchenko fight won't get a media title shot. Whoever wins mm-hmm. that fight fights one of these two people. Both of these women, I don't think, did anything spectacular to be like I deserve it more. But recency bias is going to put Fior in a in a higher spot. Yeah, and I think from a style from not from a stylistic, but from a business standpoint, I think it makes sense. Yeah, because Fior. Made her UFC debut in 2021. Natalia Silva actually tweeted about it. It was kind of crazy. Fior made her UFC debut filling in for Natalia Silva when she got hurt. Oh, wow. Fighting uh, Victoria Leonardo. And yeah. And so she was just like kind of crazy what the last two years have done now. She's on the brink of a title shot. Yeah. Um, but Fior's 35, I think, 35, 36. So if she doesn't get the title fight now, you might lose that French star power. So it's French, Corky. Uh, so you uh, you give her, I think, the next title shot, and then if Shevchenko wins, unless it's just like an ultimate split decision potential robbery kind of thing, then maybe you do Grasso Blanchfield for the number one contender. And just to make sure that none of our Twitter followers call us out, uh, she's thirty three. Thirty-three. I know, so okay. I know someone's gonna be like, "Not thirty-six, man." Uh, <laughs> yeah. But she's she's thirty-three. Um, but still, I mean, Blanchfield's twenty-four. Yeah, huh? And Blanchfield, I think, is twenty-four. Yeah. So, so it's one of those things where it's like, you can you can even give it to Manon and then be like, "This is your shot," and then have Blanchfield. You know, so because if Blanchfield just gets smoked, then you're twenty-four years old, and now we have to build you back up. Um, mm-hmm. But if Blanchfield gets it, I'm not mad. Here's the thing. I'm just not mad, right? And honestly, if Shevchenko goes out there and makes herself a reason why, I mean, you know, they fight. If Grasso loses and gives herself a reason like, I deserve that third, okay, we're in a good spot. We have, we know it's either going to be Shevchenko winning and Grasso getting in the rubber match or Blanchfield or Fior. Okay, I'm I'm cool with that. And then it'll just be exciting and, and then we get to announce it to y'all and it will be excited about it as well. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I think you give. I think Blanchfield's the the odd woman out here. I think yeah. you let her sit back because you have other young people coming up. Where it's like you can let Blanchfield then fight another one of these top fighters. Whether it is, uh, you know, if if there's a close one, and then you have Blanchfield fight Fior, 
or if Grasso loses, you know, Blanchfield Grasso, you can have her fight one of these other people. And then you have the Macy Barbers coming up, you know, who knows what Tracy Cortez is going to look like, um, you know, and on Noche UFC. And then you have Karine, Natalia, like all. Yes. Yeah. I think there's no, you can do more harm than good by rushing Blanchfield. Exactly. And they're both doing what they need to do. They're winning fights. So it's like, hopefully, you know, if I'm, if I'm in Blanchfield's head, it's like, if I get passed up, it's not like, uh, like I feel, man, it's never going to happen. Hopefully that's not what it is. But I mean, like, like I said, I'm excited because now we just get to speculate and have fun mm-hmm. on, like, what could happen. Now we get to watch the Shevchenko-Grasso fight differently, right? Yeah. Because, like I said, I think if Rose would have came out here and started her, then it's like, no matter what. But now no one did. So, yeah. yeah. That division depend- is fuego, dude. Yeah, and depending on who wins that, like, if Grasso wins, the UFC might think there's a different matchup that makes more sense than if Shevchenko wins. Yep, absolutely. You know, I mean, if Shevchenko wins, you could go put them over in her versus Fior in Europe, right? Like that's, that's a big fight over there. Huge. Yeah. All kinds of fun stuff. Yeah. Uh, And also fun stuff. Uh, Just go ahead, go press that follow, like subscribe, whatever it may be. So that way you get notified uh, of the uh, dropping of the F updates on Friday night. Also go over to X uh, and give us a follow at number one BS pod. So that way you can, Vote in the polls. You can pay attention to the amazing live posting, not tweets because it's X, but live <laughs> posts of the events. Uh, see our fight picks, which uh, we were identical again yeah. this week as far as number right, number wrong. Uh, but go over and do that. Um, we'll give you some time. However, my man, no time. Uh, he, yeah, just God. put it on Anthony Smithov, a.k.a. Bogdan Gushkov. Um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, th- there's levels to the game. Yeah. Right? There's a reason Ozdemir was supposed to be fighting another top 15 guy. Uh, just they did not look like they belong. One of the kind of cool things was Luke Thomas was talking about like, hey, Gushkov ducks his, like puts his head off to the right. You know, it's something he does intentionally, but it's not good. And sure enough, boom, Ozdemir cashes in on it. Uh, that was brutal. I mean, hurt him very, very badly. And sometimes... Excuse me. Sometimes I like to see, obviously, we always want to see a great fight. Like, if every fight could be epic, great. But sometimes I do like to see when someone is supposed to be on a different level that they show it. And, mm-hmm. oh, I mean, Ozdemir showed it. It was, it, it was, I mean, he, he made me be like, damn, Ozdemir's really, really good. You know, like, it was so impressive, mm-hmm. powerful. He looked, he looked really like, like locked in. He looked super locked in for this fight. Um, impressive performance it's just it's just light heavyweight man it's just light heavyweight you know it's like that's cool and all but where does this really put ozamir going forward i mean he's what he's got to be late 30s right i do not know. oh no he's 34 i mean yeah because he came in like on a tear at a young age yeah you know okay. and, and he he fought we talked about it last week he fought for the title way too early it's just 205 uh, was pretty weak at that point, or not deep, I should say. Made that same mistake last week. Uh, not deep. So, yeah, I, I think you just reschedule the Azamat Mertzikhanov fight when, okay, when yeah. Mertzikhanov's healthy, or, you, you know, maybe, yeah, I, I don't know. You know, Khalil Roundtree, like, I, I'm just, I'm not, I don't know about people ahead of him, you know, that, that he should necessarily be fighting. 
he's in a bit of a funky place because he's also that guy that basically has fought everybody. Yeah. You know, so yeah, I, I think reschedule Mertzikonov. Then that way, if he gets that win, you know, Mertzikonov is ranked below him, but undefeated fighter would have, you know, a couple, couple in a row. I think then, then he can fight up. Yeah. I mean, he looked good against someone he needed to look good for. He mm-hmm. didn't, he didn't make it close. This is, like I said, I like seeing this sometimes where it's, I'm not going to be like, oh, I'm supposed to beat this or you're expected to beat this guy. It's a close fight and you still won. It's like, well, do what I had to do. It's like, no, I treated you the way that you were. Get to my level now. And mm-hmm. Ozemir is at that level. And then he needs to, now Ozemir needs to find a way to level up to that, get yeah. back into that title contention shot type thing. Yeah. And a guy that some people were saying potential future uh, title contender, I, I wouldn't go that far just based on the decision, but what a fucking performance by Benoit Saint-Denis. Nice. I mean, yeah, you're welcome. Uh, Tiago Moises doesn't get stopped. Nope. Doesn't happen, right? He had the one time, the standing uh, TK, I think it was Joel Alvarez. Uh, but I mean, Saint Denis just, or Saint Denis just beat him up. Yeah. Beat him up. By the way, how do you not take a point in the first round? Um, Justify it. Go for it. I can't. I can't. <laughs> but it's so hard. Like, because you know, you know what was hard? The two kicks to the ouch pouch. That's <laughs> sure, what was hard. Sure, sure. It, it's it's yeah, for sure. Man. Like, yeah, you, don't kick my man in the ouch pouch twice. Um, same yeah. round, too, right? Yeah, yeah. Within like a minute. And yeah, a half, okay, yeah. We were three, um, three and a half. I think it was three thirty by the time both of those had transpired. First one was thirty seconds in. It was almost as fast as freaking George or uh Jorge Masvidal running out and just like, hey Darren Till. <laughs> you know, I mean it was it was bad. I, I can't justify it because I was like, oh he's getting a point taken. I, it's the first thing I thought. Mm-hmm. No point taken. Maybe because it happened so quick in the fight. You don't want to I don't know. I I think there should be a, a point. I was going to try to argue it. I can't, man. I just can't. I just the, can't the only thing, we're going to tinfoil hat. We're going to okay. go deep here. Do it. Maybe it's an overall ref's conspiracy because that Russian ref almost let him die in the cage. So they're like, hey, man, we're, we're not going to take a point. You, you can kick this dude in the dick a few times. <laughs> like, we're okay Fair. with it. That's <laughs> definitely what's going on. That's yeah. definitely what's going on. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think you should have got a point taken away, yeah. but... I guess you can just kick dudes in the dick now. It's <laughs> yeah. Not a big deal. It's a new. That's, a, that's how they party. Yeah, fucking um, oblique kick. You're kicking you right in the fucking ass. Yeah, I'm not trying to blow out knees. I'm trying to blow out balls. <laughs> We're doing it. Um, but that right hand that Tiago Moises landed at the end of the first round landed so flush. I was. I mean, we know Santani is tough, right? Yeah. Like he literally almost died in the cage. Uh, but that, I mean, hit him clean. Went straight through it. One of the more exciting things was at some point in round two, they just went full Luda. Yep. And we're like, oh, I don't need fists. We're just throwing bows. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, it was it was wild. It was an exchange where both of them were, were just throwing them. It was awesome. Uh, but Santani is an animal. Yeah, a- I mean. Absolute just animal. Uh, the When he, one, he can take punishment. But now that's not his only like this dude gets his ass kicked. Well, you know, he the killer instinct he had when he had Tiago Moises hurt and was just like, no, I'm just going to keep firing. You know, I'm going to force him to stay turtled. He's not going to be able to get up and they're going to stop the fight. And that's exactly what happened. And 
And I mean, the stats are out of control. 101 to 24 significant strikes. I mean, it's just, mm. he, I mean, in the second round, uh, is that good? <laughs> did I win? Um, Saint Denis or what are you saying? Saint Denis. Saint Denis. Uh, Saint Denis. Sixty of one hundred and five with Moises being six of seventeen. I mean, like he just mm. beat him up, and it was he. I think you brought it up. Like, who, who we're gonna see is is Saint Denis gonna be able to? Yep. 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 Okay, I'm a believer. I believe you, man. Um, hundred percent. He is that dude. Yep. Uh, one thing that I had not taken into consideration was the hellacious ass kicking he took was at 170. It was Ooh. his way to make his debut in the UFC. Short notice, said, yes, I'll do it. Uh, and then now he is fighting at his natural weight class, and he has, what is it, four finishes in a row yep. at, at lightweight. Uh, three were first round, I think, and then, then this one. But it uh, just... No, he had one first round, uh, three... Second Three round, seconds. but I mean, he's 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 shown that he Ken flows hard, wears people out. Yeah. yeah. Oh, speaking of, Ken Flow had one of the better tweets uh, of of the day. He he tweeted out Benoit Saint Fini. <laughs> oh, nice, dude. See, Ken Flow gets it. He gets yeah. it. Man. Yeah. So he finishes I immediate- fights and he he finishes punchlines as well. Oh, I immediately replied to that one with he finishes fights. <laughs> yes, dude. Uh, yes. yes. Uh, but next up for uh, Saint Denis got to be a top 15 right yeah. you, i mean i get that's a very competitive weight class but four wins or four stoppages and one of those being over tiago moises now part of the lower half or lower portion of that top 15 are guys coming off of wins and i don't think coming off of a win into the top 15 you should have to fight a guy outside of the top 15 sure but you have like jalen turner coming off of two losses hey santini show you can do it Right, because if you win that one, now you're talking about knocking on the door of the top ten. Mm-hmm. Or you could give him somebody like a Diego Fajeda, you know, one of those guys. I think Fajeda's fifteenth or fourteenth. You give him somebody kind of right there at the bottom end of the rankings, and just basically like, hey, Fajeda, he's fifteen. 15 like, yeah. hey, Fajeda, your your ranking is on the line here uh, because Fajeda just beat an unranked guy as well to to you know be in the ranking. So, regardless. I I will watch Saint Denis fight every weekend. Um, don't want to watch him repeatedly kick people in the dick, but definitely will will watch this dude fight. He needs to sure some things up, you know. What I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Whatever, you know? make, make some, some refinements in the game. But yeah, yeah. Out, <laughs> yeah, definitely want to see this guy fight all the time. Another person I want to see fight all the time: Farid Basharat. Oh my god, clinical. Yeah, just clinical. And he's somebody who's like, oh, yeah, I could, you know, beat him standing up. But the I forget what his exact wording was, but the offer presented itself to take him to the ground. So like I had or the opportunity. So I had to do it. That's some killer <laughs> shit to say. It's such yeah. a boss thing to say. Man. Like I, I didn't want to do, do it that way. But <laughs> I mean, if he's giving it to me, I have it was that type of mentality. The elbows on the ground and pound and the setup to get to that head and arm was just beautiful. Get him moving with the ground and pound until he kind of crosses that arm over his face. Boom. Locked yeah. it up. Scary. His nickname's Scary. ferocious for a reason, dude. It yeah, was, which is awesome. Is, yeah, I love it. Which, by the way, with nicknames like that, can they stop doing like Farid Ferocious Basharat? Because it's definitely Ferocious Farid Basharat, right? Like that I, I one has to go in front. I don't get why. Like I get it. Nicknames are always, for the most part, Sugar Shane Mosley, whatever. But sometimes, it, like, just phonetically, just be like, what sounds better? 
Which yeah. sounds better. Ferocious yeah. forehead. Come on. It yes. makes sense. Well, and that I I was somebody said Rose Thug Nama Yunus. That's like, sounds... oh, you should Yeah, you should be ashamed. You I should mean, be ashamed. If you watch any UFC, Daniel Cormier said her name 48 <laughs> times. Yes. And he didn't say Rose Thug. It's Thug no. Rose. And it just sounds good. Yeah, Rose Thug. I, who said that? It was all, It was one of the announce, like, announcers. I don't think it was Buffer because Buffer knows better. Uh, but it was on one of her other fights where there's somebody else announcing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, did, I was not a fan. Uh, but hey, hey, by the way, guess what weight class Basharat's at? Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Bantamweight, Bantamweight, where there's a million and a half killers, dude. Like, I'm I'm so excited for that division. They could just have put a bantamweight fight on the card every single week. I'll be happy. Dude, just do it. How this is gonna sound so dumb? And please, guys, don't jump on me. But if they <laughs> had a UFC bantamweight only card, it would still be baller. It would be amazing. Yeah, yeah it would be yeah. so good. If you, you just say, have, fuck it, half of these people are going to be out of title elimination. Fuck yeah. it. You know? Or, or like, hey, instead of just like random, you know, featured prelims, like <laughs> the featured pre. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every single week, it's going to be unranked bantamweights fighting uh, each other because they're good okay. as shit. <laughs> okay. like, they're awesome fighters. Yeah. Amazing. Maybe that's what the ultimate fighter should do to really like pick up their ratings is just do a bantamweight season. Yeah. I mean, just have killers. Well, they had they had bantamweights. I think on this one, it was uh, okay, with Cody Gibson, Brad Catano. Sorry, about yeah, that, guys. but that was it. the absolute fire uh, fight that had people talking yeah. about, you know, Forrest Griffin, Stephen Bonner. So they, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it, it's just these these bantamweights are. It's just the division. Killers. It's yeah. just the division. Yeah, killer. It's that fine line of like crazy cardio, knockout power. People that are that like male athletes that are that small don't have a ton of other outlets, right? For athleticism. So combat sports are perfect. Yep. Like it, yeah, you're getting the most athletic at that size. It's, it's fun. Awesome. Yeah, it is wow. awesome. Uh and speaking of awesome, because your boy likes body work, Ooh. uh Morgan Chevalier. Totally butchered that, but that's how we're pronouncing it. Against my man Manolo Zucchini. Zucchini, uh, dude. All yes, night. Zucchini. Zucchini. Uh, those body kicks. My I, God. I've never seen somebody run up like they're kicking a field goal on, <laughs> on a liver shot. Yeah. I, I mean, he drops him. It's like, cool, you're on the ground. Your liver's hurting. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to give it one. I'm going to do it one more again. <laughs> like, we're, we're going after it. And it hurt. I mean, you just see it hurts so bad. Hey, hey Raph. The guy crumbled on the ground. Yeah. Stop it. Yeah. He got kicked in the liver again, crumbled on the ground again. Stop it. <laughs> no, we're going to let him get punched in the face once. I can't imagine how much that shit hurts, man. I just can't imagine. Like, And it was so clean, dude. It was so clean. It was so sharp. It was like a fucking cobra, bro. It was. Mm -hmm. And like, even when he kicked him, he's like, I know. that He knew. He's like, that guy's hurt, but they didn't stop the fight. <laughs> so it's like, I got to keep doing it. Yeah, it so was, I'm going to yes, run at him and do it. It's, yeah. <laughs> It's it funny because I was like, I was like, I know Jared's talking at his house by himself. I know, like the body shot. I know it, dude. I know it. It was beautiful. Yes. It was it beautiful. Was, yeah, absolutely amazing. So definitely want to watch that guy fight again. <laughs> <laughs> the, that guy, any other time, please. I want yeah, to watch him 100%. fight again. It was, yeah, I mean, he just he showed up. I mean, a lot of these people just showed up tonight mm -hmm. or today. I that's what, that's what we see yes. on these cards. It's mm -hmm. Anybody that hates on a fight night card, like, and I get it, some of these Apex cards are a little lacking. Yeah. But any of these fight night cards that are on the road, like, people show up, especially in other countries, because it's, I mean, 
so many of these fighters don't get to fight on this stage in front of their hometown crowd. Awesome to see. Uh, awesome fight was Ange uh, Losa versus Reese McKee. I mean, I thought it was over the uh, what happened to McKee in round two. First of all, judges, how did no one score that at 10 8? I, I know. I thought it was done. Clue. I thought it was over. Yes. Yeah. They were calling him the Irish zombie, and I get it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, I, I totally understand that. But it was, it reminded me of not Mortal Kombat. Was it Killer Instinct, where like the whole point was to rack up like 97 combo, like as many punches in a row as you could do? Oh, yeah. Well, like that was the whole thing, their combo system. And you oh, could, gotcha. yeah, like, Angelosa unleashed like a 37 hit combo against him on the cage. It was brutal. Um, I've slept on Losa in the past, uh, but I thought he looked really, really good. But then the third round came. And do you have any idea what happened? Not a fucking clue. Dude, I was like, he's clearly taken. No- and, and even in the beginning of the third round, it's like he's just he's just has this guy's number. The guy's hurt. His eye was starting to swell. And then it was just like maybe... Did he blow his load and just like complete energy dump? He was. I, I at one point I was like, "Damn, is he about to get stopped? Like you're gonna win yes. if you don't get stopped, man! Like all you gotta yeah. do is not get stopped." It was wild. No, I, I know didn't know happened. if I didn't know if he turned and like blew out his knee or like one of those kind of non-contact like step yep. back. Something's weird. It was almost like he got hit in the body, but I didn't see a shot to the body. It was almost like a bu- like delayed reaction body shot. But yeah, he just kind of like turned and it was like, "What the fuck just happened?" And then that cut that got opened up on the side, he looked so bad after the fight. That cut with the hematoma under it was disgusting. You could see like the white on the inside of the cut. Yeah. And then his nose was like Rich Franklin smashed. I mean, he, if you'd have told me that that guy should have won by a stoppage in round two. Yeah. <laughs> like, you don't nah, nah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you lied. <laughs> um, so I agree with you. 10 8. Do you think he won the third round, though? No, so two, two judges gave him the second round. I mean, the third round. I mean, one judge gave Losa. Losa was it Losa? Losa. Losa. The third round. Other two judges. I thought McKee stole it. Like I think clearly stole it. They gave him the third round. It just if you're not going to give him the ten eight, and then you're going to give him a ten, I don't get it. I don't get that judge. I don't get that one. It wasn't yeah, too many but- like cra- there was a couple crazy judging things, but this one yeah. ten eight for sure. I don't know how you don't give it to him. Yeah, that 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 was really really strange. Like yeah. that, yeah. Bizarre. Um, and then our <laughs> featured prelim, Kalen Logren. We're going with Logren because that's what they're actually saying on the broadcast. Fair. Uh versus Taylor Double Impact. Uh Lopolis, uh Double Impact. I believe that's a Van Damme movie where he, he plays two two roles, right? Yes. Is that the he, yes. he's twins? So <laughs> double the Van Damme. Which is Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, I know what I'm doing tomorrow. <laughs> Watching <laughs> Double Impact. <laughs> yeah, double Impact and then like Thunder Gun. You know what I'm saying? Like those are, those are yes. right there. Yes. Um, but like we talked about it earlier, but the whole crowd just like singing throughout this fight. That was awesome. the point during the card where I was just like, holy shit. Like I, I got jealous of people that got to be in that crowd. Yeah, because if I was there, I'd have just been like, ha, la, la. I don't know what the fuck I said, but I would have been yes. singing some shit, dude. I mean, yeah. like, I don't know what y'all are saying, but I'm into it. 
like when we like going to the Incubus concert in Japan and like they're they're you know singing the melody to it. And they're, they, get, yeah, they're getting close. I yeah, exactly. Done the same thing. Yeah, I was done the same thing where it's just like I don't know what y'all are saying, but I'm in it. I'm French yes. today, baby. We we. But the uh, it was a very interesting fight though because first round was Lopolis's fight right from distance, doing striking like very much that kickboxing range. And the second round was Logan's fight. Mm -hmm. He made it dirty. He got in close. Um, This was really tough for Logan, right? To you're making your UFC debut. You think you're fighting, you know, somebody who is also making their UFC debut because he was supposed to be fighting Gamori. Uh, But then all of a sudden you are fighting a guy who's been there before, right? Two and one in the UFC already. In front of his hometown, you know, the guy has fought in Aries FC a lot. And so really tough situation for Logan, but he's got that dog in him. He got cracked really hard uh, in round three, and his instinct was like, oh, I'm going to go get this motherfucker. It it wasn't the like, oh, I need to to step back and relax. It was, I'm going to go after this dude. And so it's awesome to see. He was kind of set up for failure, yep. you know, within this fight. But you see what I was talking about with his kind of like awkward defensive, yep. yeah, yeah, right. But was, man, I, I, yes, I see what you're talking about. Can't wait to see him fight again. Mm-hmm. Like they both these guys earned it, and it's yes. like you can't. Oh, man, that was that was a that was. I mean, there was there was pretty good amount of like you know stoppages on this card mm-hmm. that that was a good decision fight where you're like, holy shit, I can't yeah. wait for this next one. And then, of course, the next one's, you know, zucchini. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just getting punted in the liver. <laughs> yeah, dude. So it's like, yeah, I mean, that fight was, that was awesome. Um, yeah. Judges got it right, clearly. I mean, it's mm-hmm. clear who won. But yep. the back and forth is fun. The back and forth is fun, man. Yeah. Yeah. And I think two guys on different trajectories, right? Like Lopolis, I think, like he could fight a Basharat next, right? He could fight one of these not top fifteen, but one of these outside good bantamweights. I think with Logan, just bring him along slowly. Sure. You don't need to rush this guy. That division is so deep. Like and he, that was his ninth pro fight. I think like let him get oh. some fights under his belt before you you start moving him along. Especially in this um, division in the UFC, yeah. like chill, yeah. chill, exactly, <laughs> relax, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and then want to talk about a couple kind of awkward weird things or, or you know ref related things i should say that occurred uh, first of which was that william gomez uh Giannis gamori the ouch pouch kick if you call yeah. it that uh it's hard to tell some angles it looked like it really i mean the cup moved regardless sure some angles it looked like he hit him you know square uh other angles it looked like it was strictly on the belt line uh hard to tell but they kept saying on the broadcast, they, they were like getting on the ref about it. The ref very clearly told both of them, engage, engage. Yeah. Both of them turned around and walked away. And so we waved it off because at that point, it's on the guy who is injured, you know, who's like shying away from it to to prove he can continue. If the ref is saying we have to continue. So, OK, fair. But now I'm going to give you a what if scenario, mm-hmm. right? Sean O'Malley. He, they didn't stop the fight. Uh, engaged. The guy was on the ground. Who was it? Um, Almeida. Thomas Almeida, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think it was Herb Dean that was actually the ref for that. Didn't stop the fight when he knocked him in the first round. And they didn't just stop the fight. I don't understand why the fight was stopped. If they both, it, it would be different if 
you know, gets kicked in, well, feels like he got kicked in the dick. He turns around. The ref is like, no, no fight. And the other guy still punch him. It's like, you stopped fighting. They both <laughs> stopped fighting. They turn their backs on each other. Why is one guy, like, you know, yeah. getting the fight called off? I don't know. I, it's weird. Because the difference between that and the Almeida fight is Almeida was attempting to fight back, and it was O'Malley, the person in control, who walked off, right? right. Not the person who was getting beat. And this one, Gamori curls up, turns away. He's being told to engage, and he's showing no sign that he can continue because he's continuing to walk away. But and then did that's the other the guy. Stopped. True. And, and, but and, there was damage inflicted upon Gamori, as, and this is purely speculation because I have not taken any kind of a, a ref class. Don't know if you know that or not. Uh, but from what a, you do on the weekends, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm telling you, it's not that. Uh, <laughs> but the... I would think, you know, he's looking at a guy who's who's hurt. He thinks it's a legal strike that hurt him, and the guy is indicating he can't continue. Okay, we're calling it off. He's if you look, he tried to pull Gomez back to it, but then he wasn't even looking at Gomez. He was looking sure. directly at Gamora to see if he could continue. But okay, but it's kind of to your point, uh, either last week's podcast or the week before, where we talked about like refs being in better better positions. <laughs> I think any normal person sees it at a different angle. The ref's at a different spot. He thinks it's a dick kick. Live, I thought it was a dick kick. Slow motion, mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, it kind of seems like it hits him in the hip. Um, why not just be like what we talked about? Nope. Hey, I think this is legal. You got to keep fighting right now. He just waved it off. He, it's not like he gave him 30 seconds. To, it was because when you said that, I think you texted me, and I was like, mm -hmm. oh, I didn't even hear him say I, I yeah. missed him saying engage. And he clearly says it. You're absolutely right. He clearly says it for three seconds. Let yeah. the people let. Hey, I'm I'm not waving this off. That was a legal blow. He never said that legal blow. He just said engage. Yeah. Or if he did say legal blow, I have to rewatch it. Again. Yeah. He, the I think procedurally, this is something where like maybe they can learn from the NFL. And I have no idea what the rules are, what their regulations are, how they're taught to do it. But with like football officiating. And I know we're in France, but we're not talking football. Okay, yeah, we're talking. We're talking football. Yeah, yeah. yeah, kick off college football here this weekend, gentlemen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like with football, they are told refs are told to err on the side of something that can be challenged and overturned versus calling it for something that can't be challenged. Okay. So in this instance, call the timeout. Go to check on before you even go to check on him. Replay, replay. Get the replay official going find out, hey, we got to go, or no. Because I think worst case scenario, you stop it when you shouldn't have for what you believe is a, an illegal strike, and then you have the people yelling at you, hey, no, go, go, go. All right, eight seconds. Hey, it's not up to you. We got to go. Yeah. Or versus what happened here where you err on the side that can't be reversed. And, and I don't know rules-wise if the first scenario I'm playing out where you can stop it and the replay tells you, hey, right away, yes, no, and then you can rule based on that. I don't know uh, if replay is only involved in fight-ending sequences to determine if it's a no contest or a you know, decision. I just feel like, man, I mean, I, I, I'm not I don't, I, I'm not sitting here pretending like I'm, I'm going to die on a hill, but yeah. it's a, how many fights have we actually seen because of low blows, like finish because of low blows, like people I like, can't fight anymore? Just I don't know why it feels so weird. I don't know if I don't know if Herb Dean waves it off. I don't know if uh Margarita waves it off. I don't know if these other referees wave it off. Um <laughs> what's his no no nonsense isn't waving this off. I don't yeah. think so, right? 
I I think this is definitely going to be one of those that the commissions, maybe not around the world, but definitely around the country. Hey, you guys need to talk to your refs about this. In this scenario, here is how we are handling it. Sure. You know, because like those are the types of things they used to do in football. The the refs would show up to our our team meetings once a week. Hey, here are some calls and how we something we didn't call or we should have called. Okay, guys. So like you need to know, hey, this is holding here, right? And yeah. next time it's going to be called. So like same kind of thing here where it's like, hey, refs, you need to know next time here is procedurally how we do it. So here's here's the weird thing, right? So we just had a boxing match that happened with a low blow Usyk. Yeah. Now we have this, both of them, you know, well, th- there's different scenarios, but I would say in this situation, his cup was hit regardless. Mm-hmm. It got stopped and it's like, well, well, hold on a second though. It's an illegal shot. It got stopped. Yeah. My man's going to get kicked in the dick twice in another fight and it gets stopped both. I don't know what you do about this one, it feels like we got cheated out of like a finish of well, a fight. Well, moral of the story is they don't stop it for, for dick kicks. <laughs> they, they let them joints go, right? Like, they're, <laughs> sure. they're okay with it. Yeah, sure. <laughs> All right, that one was clear. We'll, like, actually kind of stop the fight for a second. We're not going to take a point, but, like, you <laughs> yeah, know. Like, I guess we got to stop, but whatever. It's um, how they party. Yeah. Uh, it just felt like it was a good fight. You know, it was, it was, yeah. it was fun. But, I mean, oh, well. He, he'll, he'll fight it he won't get it overturned and then you have to just keep move forward but then to go from something that procedurally there are some questions about procedurally this next thing i they did it amazing we talked last week about the new process for eye pokes and and how those are going to be handled and uh in the jacqueline cavalcante fight uh zara farron went full three stooges both eyes got her good uh but they they followed the new procedure to a T and it worked out great, yep. right? They bring in the ringside physician. Physician does not talk about like, can you continue? Just provides cold compress, something to wipe the eye with. The clock is running during this time, right? Then Cavalcante kind of hands it back. And then she starts to, the ref starts to say something and she says, can I have another one? You see the, or not the ref, the, the doctor, doctor yeah. hand her another one. She wipes. She says, you know, I'm okay. I can go. And then the doctor started his evaluation. Lights, you know, how many fingers? Okay, we're good. Let's go. Love to see it. And it's Beautiful. so refreshing to not just go, like you said, light in your eye. You know, you got poked in your eye. Let me damage it some more. <laughs> yeah. It was, and and very calm too. It, this wasn't, this was a new procedure that finally got to put into play that looked like they've been doing this for years, which is, I mean, professionalism was off the charts, right? Because mm-hmm. you, you want to give that fire that time to like, okay, really assess what's going on. This was a perfect example. We we talked about this, and then we get to see it so quickly. Don't ever want to see an eye poke. Yeah. It was great to see, and it fucking looked amazing. They they This is a procedure change that is going to change so many outcomes of fights. Yeah, Imagine it, like it, the Mitch – who was it, Mitrione and who? Who did Mitrione get – I don't recall. I, yeah, I can't remember. I think it was in like Bellator or whatever. It was so – I mean, he lost the fight after that, right? Yeah. So it's like, this was awesome to see. Well, the one that comes to mind is Bilal versus Leon Edwards. Oh, my God. Yeah. Right. Because Bilal was just saying, like, hey, God, just give me time. Like, let me wipe my eye. Like, give me time here. And they they didn't. And the fight got stopped. Right. So love to see it. One of the great things about kind of being a young sport, they're making these improvements. It's nice to see when they put something new into place it having a almost immediate benefit, right? Yeah. So awesome, awesome to see. 
and then going ahead from France to Australia, nice. uh, we got UFC 293 Down next under. week. Can't do yeah. it during next. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. It's cool. We'll, we'll just you know go through it quickly. Um, but the uh, a few fighters that I'm interested in, and when I say the first one, some of you are going to be like, "Why?" But I am interested to see Blood Diamond. I'm, I'm interested to see him. I know he's 0-2 in the UFC. I'm going to say uh, for the I, fans, why, man? Yeah, <laughs> I, and I know he hasn't looked good in the yeah. UFC. Uh, but he has elite, elite kickboxing. Okay. And I want to see if he can make adjustments. He's a little older. I, I think he actually is 35 or 36. Uh, but signed to the UFC after three fights. Right? So I want to see if he can make those adjustments. He did not have a well-rounded game. And he's 35, uh, but did not have a well-rounded game. I want to see if he's making those improvements or if he's just a, hey, if I get in there and someone wants to kickbox me, this is going to be a lot of fun. And if not, like, oh, well. And I was I was going back and watching his fights, and I forgot when he fought, I believe it was Jeremiah Wells, uh, right off the bat. He turned, not Blood Diamond, but Wells, turned and ran and, like, tripped and fell into the cage. Like, <laughs> The, the opening sequence to the fight, like the first like three seconds, and they asked him about it afterwards, and he said he was trying to like just circle and see what he would do, but he like trips and falls into the cage like immediately. It was That's awesome. hilarious. So let me ask you a question, man, and yeah. not to not to rain on your hype for this guy that you're like, yeah. I really want to see. Is this the last? Like, is this his last chance in your heart? Yeah, absolutely, okay, yeah. absolutely. This is his third fight in the UFC, third pay per view. It's like you gotta you gotta show up for the show up mm-hmm. sometime, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and and it, it's. Almost not a I'm excited. I'm more interested to see. Okay. You know, because if he can shore up those other parts of his game, I mean, he go watch some of his kickboxing highlights. He throws head kicks from like very close and, and tags oh, yeah. people. Like he's oh, yeah. supremely talented when it comes to kickboxing. So I yeah, I, I want to be able to see that. So I'm hoping that he makes the leap and, and, okay. and improves his game. Uh, now another person that I am very excited to see fight is Tyson Pedro and he's taking on Anton Turkali who oh the pleasure man nice that is right yeah yeah best nickname I know I say that a lot but like the best nickname yeah, not everyone the- can have the best nickname man but yeah I know I know okay the assassin baby is that the best yeah. nickname <laughs> well it's the assassin baby, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no I, I the pleasure man yeah but Tyson Pedro's nine and four all nine wins are finished, four knockouts, five subs. All nine of those in the first round. Yeah. Any fight he has ever had that has not ended in the first or that has gone past the first round, he's lost. So, so even like getting stopped in the second or third, like, yeah, it happens. But if it's past the first round, my, my man's done. Uh, but the he looks so good. And he had come back. He'd had a, I want to say like a four-year layoff. He'd had a bunch of injuries. Came back and had now granted two guys that were just really overmatched. Tyson Pedro's huge, one of those guys that has a a world of potential. Yeah. Um, came back against Ike Villanueva and just totally destroyed his leg. It was one of the more devastating leg kick displays I've seen. And bad on you, ref, uh, because <laughs> Ike Villanueva ate a leg kick and like dropped to the ground and it looked like okay, stop the fight backed himself up against the cage to like sit back against the cage fight wasn't stopped and tyson pedro clobbers him with an uppercut and like he goes out like oh that was punishment that man did not have (laughs) to take uh and then the other one was harry huntsker who was signed off contender series as a heavyweight because they just didn't have heavyweights 
and then kind of in his didn't win at heavyweight last chance dropped down to 205 I'm like oh cool yeah we're gonna put you in against this monster of a human being yeah. and he just destroyed his body uh but he like tyson pedro hurts people mm-hmm. when when he touches them they get hurt and so i'm interested to see one can he finish the pleasure man <laughs> and uh two he Turkali has shown he's durable he, he can take a beating the pleasure man could take a beating and so like if he gets out of the first round does tyson pedro buck the trend can he get a win past round know, one right Jesus. you know or is it just like that mental block of like oh god <laughs> guys it's been longer than five minutes I hope well, not. I root for him after his last one because his first fight back after four years off was in the Apex. And then the next one was on a pay-per-view. Yeah. And you see him after he wins just sit down in the middle of the cage, just smiling, looking around of like just appreciating the moment. And like, that's the kind of shit I like. So like, it, it just has me rooting for him. Well, and you got to imagine a guy like him not being so successful or successful at all after the first round. I can't imagine that he's losing power so dramatically after the first round. So maybe you're right. Maybe it's a mental thing, or maybe maybe his game is a little. Maybe his game is just power, and people can figure him out. Like they, if as long as I can get through the first round. But yeah, I'm excited to see him as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I might not be excited as you to see Blood Diamond. I'm really excited to see Pedro though. Yeah, and then the other one uh, that I'm pumped for, and it is in our. Featured prelim and is the perfect featured prelim because my man Carlos Olberg, uh, another light heavyweight fighting out of city kickboxing, is he's a dangerous human being. Like he hurts people. He's eight and one. Uh, He has six finishes, all by way of knockout. His one loss came to Kennedy and Zechiku, which was he was whipping in Zechiku's ass the first round, ends up gassing himself out, and then getting stopped in in the second round, I believe it was. And so his very next fight, Olberg's very next fight, wins a decision. All right, mm. awesome. You just proved you can go 15 minutes after gassing out. And then he was like, all right, cool. Now hold my Vegemite because I'm going to finish my next three guys inside of the first round. Tight. And his his left hand, he's an orthodox fighter, so it's his lead hand, is it's a thing of beauty. Yeah. When he uh, beat in, in Chukwi, Started with the jab, boom, popped him. You saw like in Chukwu uh, react, and then it was game on from there. The uh, when he fought Negamarianu, jab, boom, check hook, and put him out cold. It was one of those scary ones where uh, Negamarianu was he was face down, yeah, yeah, nailing it. <laughs> yeah, you're getting close, yeah. man. You're getting yeah. real close. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 but being careful. Um, but the uh. Face down for minutes after the fight. I mean, yeah. like long-term damage type knockout. Uh, and then same thing against uh, Ihor Poteria. And this that was when I was I actually got a witness live because it was uh, nice. the the card in Charlotte. And I was super excited to watch him fight. And boom, check hook, caught him behind the ear, out. I mean, just he hurts people. And it's not just the left hand. Uh, he put in calf kicks uh, against Nego Mariano where... I mean, just totally beat his leg up, chewed his leg up, did what he needed to do. Everything he throws hurts people. And I, ooh, like he could be what people thought Tyson Pedro was going to be. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, you got me hyped to see him now. Because <laughs> yeah. he kicks somebody. You know he's yeah. going to kick. So. Yeah, it's fun. He's, he's fun. Uh, and then as far as like matchups, 
Jack Jenkins versus Chepe Mariscal is, is one app featherweight that I'm I'm excited for. Jack Jenkins, 12 and 2, uh, five knockouts, three subs. He has one of the nastier calf kicks. He rocks a, a speaking of nasty, like a nasty mustache and mullet. You know, I mean, do what you're going to do, homie. Not the best look, but the calf kick, awesome. Yeah. Uh, and had a really, really big win in his last fight. He was a, a two-to-one underdog against Jamal Emmers uh, and was actually kind of getting boxed up by Emmers a bit. But the, at kicking range, he's he's a, a problem. Uh, you know, really thick legs. Um, now, he a problem for him is he does get taken down. And he's active off of his back, but it's active in a way of kind of old school MMA of like trying to throw the elbows, not necessarily standing up. And, and he tries like he'll buck, he'll do different things. But against Emmers, he really couldn't get back up. And so Chepe is a guy who does what what needs to be done. Right? His UFC debut was on short notice against Trevor Peak, who up until that point uh, was undefeated. <laughs> Eight wins, all knockouts, all within the first round. Race to the finish. Man after my own heart. Uh, but <laughs> Chepe uh, took him down four times. Like, hey, I know that this guy has never been past five minutes, so let's do it. And just does what needs to be done. It has a ton of high-level experience for somebody who is only going to be having his second fight in the UFC. He fought Gregor Gillespie. He fought Bryce Mitchell. You know, lost to both of them, but fought both of those guys. Uh, he fought, or actually has a win over Pat Sabatini, which we saw in Sabatini's last fight. Like that's a very that's a good deal. win. Yeah. Yes, that is a great win. And so, you know, does he now? Chepe like likes to throw down. He will get in into brawls, but does he say, "Hey, my"? You know, fuck that. I don't want to get my calf destroyed. I don't want to get compartment syndrome on my leg. So let me just take this dude down. Uh, and ultimately, Jenkins is somebody It's an Australian prospect on the Australia card. They're trying to hype this dude up. Can Chepe play spoiler again? You know, yeah, yeah. And, and that's always something fun to see. Yeah. And, and and if he does in front of that crowd, this is an Izzy card. Izzy card gets a little bit of, you know, it gets, it gets views. Um, yes. Perfect time to do it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, and the ultimate spoiler would be a, a man by the name of Felipe dos Santos making his UFC debut. He's a flyweight UFC debut against number ten ranked Manel Cop, and just a few weeks ago, Felipe dos Santos was supposed to be fighting on the Contender series. Yeah, his opponent doesn't make weight, and so they're like, "Yeah, you get a UFC contract." And oh, guess what? You're going to be on a pay per view in Izzy main card fighting against number 10 in your weight class have fun well i'm, I'm just gonna go ahead and say this real quick to kind of help you out in the future mm -hmm. that's cop is gonna be my pay for next week if you want to keep <laughs> up with me you know, go ahead and choose this is this has got to be one of those like i have to take it but this is the scariest moment of my life moments because Monel cop is no fucking joke and that's nope. your first no fight joke. in front of a pay-per-view crowd on a main card Oh, <laughs> no, I think it's some of that young man energy, though. Dos Santos is 22. Sure. He's 22. He's got seven professional fights. He'll he'll show up for it. But that's also some of that inexperienced energy where it's like, can you handle that moment? This is an Izzy card again, right? This <laughs> is an Izzy card in Australia. Good for him. If he goes out there and beats Monel, I mean, what the fuck are we going to be talking about? Yeah. Oh, what that <laughs> we will be talking about. That. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I mean, it, and we saw it happen recently with Steve Ursag on short notice taking on David Dvorak and, you know, top 15 flyweight. This is a little different, in, though, in, right? Yeah, pay-per-view. Yeah, yeah, yes. This is a little yes. different. But 
Del Santos does fight out of that uh, shoot the box Diego Lima camp. So he's in there with Dubronx, you know, and he has that style where flying knees, just constant walking people down, kind of the high guard gets hit, you know, like, like those guys do. Uh, in his last fight, he got hit a lot. He just he ate a lot of calf kicks, uh, took some body shots, and this is a huge step up in competition. The last guy he fought has five professional fights going in into their matchup. Manel Cop is 18 and six Dude. with 16 finishes. I mean, he's fought Ian McCall, who, if cool. you guys don't remember, it was very, very close to being the first 125 champion. It should I mean, have been a draw. I, I, I remember. I, yep, I remember Mouse. how controversial that was. We talking yes. about it back in the day, like holy shit. And then Mighty yes. Mouse did what Mighty Mouse does, but still, yeah, yeah. yeah. Speaking of what Mighty Mouse does, eh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu world champion, first Not ever, yeah. first ever Brazilian Jiu Jitsu competition. Uh, but Cop has also fought Kyoji Horiguchi, mm-hmm. who for a long time was was one of the best, uh, and then also lost two, but then got a win over Kai Asukara for the Ryzen Bantamweight Championship, because over there, they're not as big into weight cutting, so everyone kind of fights at their natural. That's Ryzen is a Japanese promotion, fights at their natural weight, so 135 instead of 125, where where Cop's now cutting weight. He hasn't missed weight before. But Cop had a, a tough start to his UFC tenure. He came in and was the backup to a, a Figueredo Moreno fight. I don't know which one, because there was a lot, yeah. uh, but was the backup to one of those. Uh, and then his first two fights... Alessandre Pantoja uh, and Mateusz Nicolau, both were decision losses. And in both of those, he never really got started. Yeah. And, but he is now on, I want to say it's a three fight finish streak, hand speed, uh, accurate. I mean, just puts it on people and he's flashy. He'll, he'll flying shit. He knocked out Odie Osborne with a flying knee. He'll spin, you know, d- <laughs> does some cool stuff. Uh, but then when he was fighting, uh, Zogus Zuma Gulov. Uh, and this is granted before he went patty hair. So different Zuma Gulov. Uh, <laughs> but he stung him, hurt him, and jumped all over him. And like to the point where I was rewatching this and I was like, oh, this is like that Chuck Tito fight where he got him hurt against the cage and then was just throwing like a crazy <laughs> flurry and like you slow it down and he's actually like yeah. hitting him with everyone. It was amazing. Plus, the dude has submission skills. Five submission wins, but also his fight against David Dvorak. Uh, and actually, that one, I think, did go decision. So at the end of the first round, he wrecked Dvorak's arm, had him in a Kimura. If Dvorak's not a psychopath, he taps because sure. like, his shoulder was jacked after that. Um, beat him up, worked the body. I mean, just... And, and Dvorak is, is a high-level guy. Now, the one interesting thing here, other than just the disparity and experience and all that... And such, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cop hasn't fought since December, and he's twice had fights canceled. He was supposed to fight Alex Perez, which is one I was really excited about. Yeah. That fight got canceled on fight night, and then he was supposed to fight Figueredo. I want to say it was 290, and then that was when Figueredo was like, hey, guys, the commission never cleared me for my eye. <laughs> They're like, oh, yeah, well, we probably should have never announced that fight then. Uh, but So he's had that twice of like having that fight booked, and then now you know, is he going to be overly aggressive i hope so because the times we've seen him lose is when he doesn't pull the trigger yeah. uh, but also that makes for uh somebody fighting out of shoot to box diego lima their type of fight so should be a very very fun one. yeah but it's also some of those times where it's like i haven't gotten in this cage in a long time and i'm gonna fucking like just blow my load right now on this guy right like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all over him <laughs> yeah but 
I think we're going to see a performance from Mon- I think how we just kind of saw Ozdemir do what he had to do. I think this is going to be a cop. Cop's going to be like no time. I think yeah. so, dude. I'm I'm with you. I'm yeah. with you. But I can't wait to see it. Uh, and then we got a couple heavyweight fights. Uh, one I have to highlight: Justin Toffa versus Austin Lane, uh, and that is because, well, for two reasons, Justin Toffa is the first guy to have not made the heavyweight limit in the UFC, <laughs> which is awesome. Uh, but then uh, Austin Lane. Former fifth-round NFL draft pick, uh, came out of Murray State back when I was coaching at SEMO. He, uh, we played Murray State. They were in conference, uh, and he is Austin Lane is an elite-level athlete. When he was drafted at the NFL Combine, for those of you that are into football, the man weighed in. He was 6'6", 276, and ran a 4.5840 with a 35-inch vertical. I mean, mutant, mutant freak of an athlete. Uh, he's 12-3 and three in his UFC career, uh, all 12 coming by stoppage, 11 knockouts, one sub. He was the Fury FC heavyweight champ, which we know Fury FC is one of the better regional promotions. Uh, never gone the distance. Uh, he's been out of the first round three separate times. He would have gone the distance, but one of those times out of uh, the first round, actually made it to the fourth round in a title fight. So he's fought for 15 minutes before, uh, but he gets hit, and Toffa is that old-school heavyweight, like, hey, I'm just going to try to hurt you in there. And it's not like a an overly uh, diverse striking game, but if he if he touches you, it's a problem. Uh, and we actually already saw this fight in June, uh, but ended up with Toffa getting poked in the eye in under 30 seconds. Maybe with the new procedure, the fight would have been able to exactly, continue. Exactly, right. Uh, but it, it did not. So, um, you know, Lane looked about as good as you could in 30 seconds, no. uh, but we're going to get some some finality to that. Can can I ask, did you guys beat Murray State? Uh, I'm trying to think. We were there four years. I think we beat them three of the four. Nice. Uh, but the one we lost, we were we were ranked going in. We uh, went to play them. It went to double overtime. We ended up losing, which sucks because at that level, when you beat a ranked team, a lot of times people will have or teams will have like kind of their little shrine for lack of a better term. When I was at SEMO, uh, we had our, our brickyard where every time we beat a ranked team or an FBS team, you would, we had like a little plaque for it, you know, uh, to commemorate it. And since we were ranked anytime we walk through Murray's like lobby to get to the locker room, they had the plaque up for when they beat us. Lane. I talked earlier about the refs coming to tell us about like missed calls and stuff. That was actually one of them where this is back in the early days of the RPO their guard was blocking the linebacker who was supposed to be covering the slant and actually completed the slant behind the uh, guards back in the end zone. He was so far downfield. That son of a bitch. That son of a bitch (laughs) uh, is is what it is. Uh, But we had beaten uh, two ranked teams before that. One of them, the number three team in the country, S-E-M-O. Not to uh, brag then, or anything. Yeah, yeah not, not to brag, brag or anything. <laughs> and then we have uh, our co-main event, which is a top 10 heavyweight the, matchup. Not quite as exciting as some of these other heavyweight matchups we've had because of the new blood and kind of the mm-hmm. diverse game. These are names that are very familiar. Ty Tuivasa versus Alexander Volkov. Obviously, it's Australia. Tuivasa is going to fight on the card. Everyone yep. wants to see him get a knockout. Uh, Everyone wants to see him a, do a shoey. Take Disgusting. a shoe, pour a beer into it, hawk a in it, and drink it. Gross. I hate it. Um, <laughs> it's so gross. Yeah. But I don't know if that's going to happen because Tuivasa has taken a lot of punishment lately. Yeah. It's um when when you have heavyweights that get hit a lot and then, you know, like get stopped. Um, hmm. Tuivasa is one of those people that he can kind of go into zombie mode. You do have to really put him out. Yeah. But – 
you're talking about Volkov who can put somebody out. I mean, mm-hmm. this is going to be this is going to be first round probably. <laughs> like is it going to make it past the first round? I don't know. Yeah, the, I think the way it gets past first round is the Volkov fight smart, you sure. know, but his last two wins first round stoppages. Uh but yeah, the the beating that Gone put on Tuivasa was bad and granted there was body shots you know the beautiful little stab kick that yep. uh, gone does but then he got put out by pavlovich and uh, pavlovich puts everybody out like i yep. get that but that's a uh, you know to go from like a beating a hellacious beating to a quick quick knockout is is a little scary uh and volkov's finished the last two now granted the uh biggie boy rosen strike uh stoppage it, it was a little early uh, i think uh so you know, some, I, I guess, kind of, kind of controversy on, on that one. Uh, and then the, you know, the Romanov stoppage, Romanov's just kind of a shell of, of, yeah. of what he was. But every time I see Volkov, I always think like, oh, he's so much bigger than I thought. I always kind of viewed him as like, this, like tall, skinny guy. His lower body is massive. Oh yeah. Your boy's got some. And- Thunder thighs, bro. Yes, yeah. and and speaking of massive, the massive back tattoo he has. If you've been watching Volkov for a while, you know that that used to be kind of like an island kind of looking like Maori, almost stingray on his back. That is now like a massive samurai head. Wild cover up job. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, I always thought it was a little weird that that like a Russian dude had this stingray, you know, on on his back. Uh, but interested to see what happens here you know i think that this is kind of the last opportunity for the winner of this fight to try to throw their hat in the ring uh, with some of these you know young up-and-comers or you know even guys that are kind of established like if curtis blaze blades turns away almeida he can stay up there I, it's going to take whoever wins this at least one more win to kind of get themselves in that, that conversation but it it starts here Well, and here's a good thing about having John Jones in your division for the next couple of months is that people are talking about the heavyweight division, right? It's just, it's the exposure's there. So if the exposure's there and I show out, then I have an opportunity to just jump up. And especially if John Jones does stay for one more fight, like it's the perfect person to have in there because there's eyes on the division. Once John Jones leaves, it's going to be a little different. Uh, I think Aspinall does have like the type of personality that can do it. Um, Sir Ogan obviously has shown that he has a backing, but you go out there and you beat. To Avasa in Australia, it's exposure. Like, mm-hmm. like I can't, I've said this three times. I don't want to keep hard. It's an Izzy card. Go out there and do it. You have John Jones in the division. You do it on that thing. You say something dope. It's a good opportunity for, for both of these guys to really mm-hmm. make make it. But Volkov might seem like he has a little bit more promise long term. So, yeah, we'll see. Yep, I was thinking the exact same thing. Like Volkov yep. has showed a more rounded skill set, yep. and then. Our main event, uh, Izzy versus Sean Strickland. I, I mean, the shit talk's going to be fun, you know, Hilarious. though I do think, I mean, I think Strickland's cringy and I think that sometimes he gets flustered in in his shit talk. Um, but yeah, the first note, you, you mentioned it to me when we first got on, uh, you know, to, to talk about it was, I don't know Strickland's path to victory. Me either. Except for, except for, a boring fight that he just somehow doesn't get knocked out or just doesn't get... I, I don't... He's someone that I think his fighting style is ego. I want to sit there and I want to see if I can fight you. But did he learn from Pajera? Because mm-hmm. it is one of those things where Izzy might not have power like Pajera, but he has he has skills. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and I think Strickland, for how cringy he is, he learns. Yeah. Um, 
But, I mean, he's already coming out and saying, like, jujitsu doesn't work. <laughs> BJJ black belt doesn't work. If you're going to try to stand with Izzy, your note is, I don't know it either, man. I don't know what you do to win either. Yeah. I don't get it. And he's – there is something to be said for his ego of being able to train with Pajeda afterwards, right? Of, like, hey, this guy knocked me dead. And like, hey, show me, tell me what you saw. Like that, that takes a lot uh, for especially like these, you know, hyper alpha type males to be like, hey, I'm I'm humbled. Teach me. Um, which also gave us one of the greatest pictures of all time, just showing how enormous Beheda is. Um, but Strickland early in his career showed a good grappling game, like showed a, a good wrestling game, not like a nasty jujitsu game, but like mm-hmm. good cage wrestling. He just doesn't use it anymore. And if he's gonna just walk forward into boxing range, I don't I don't know how he can do that without his calf getting destroyed or his body getting destroyed, right? Because he he has great head movement. You know, he does not he has a very good ability to stand in a phone booth and not get hit clean. I'd give him that. But I just is that a fight? Can he pressure box? Izzy to like where is he out? I I don't see it. I have to make a comment, and I know I know you agree with me. Yeah, he has a phone booth who doesn't get hit, but not to the elite of the elite. And mm-hmm. you're talking about Izzy. Like Izzy's gonna find that fucking chin. He's gonna find his target. Um, does Izzy have the power to knock him out one shot? I don't know. Does he have the accuracy to do it? Like you know, like a Whitaker type of thing. I I I don't know. I don't know the betting odds. I don't even want to look at them. I'll, I'll wait till later on next week um, or this week if you're you know, obviously listening. Yeah. I can't imagine it's going to be respectful to Sean Strong Strickland, though, right? It can't be. It's got to be minus four or 500 probably. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I can't. I This fight is just to get Izzy fighting in Australia. Yeah, because like yeah. Strickland's last win was against unranked Abus Magomedov, you know, and good on Strickland for taking opportunities. And that's one of the reasons he's in this fight now and is because him. he took he's, that opportunity. He yes. him. Well, Abus did well in the first round and then but, totally blew his load. But when you have a, like when you got have the these, shit beat out of him after yeah, that. when you have these elite elite guys, it's like you, you have to stop me because I'm here for five rounds and, yes. and he stunned him. Like he, yeah, it, it was night and day on that second round. Yeah, yeah. I, the most intriguing thing to me and who knows Strickland might come out and prove us all wrong, but I want to see, what Izzy does to somebody who just walks forward with that pace and stands in front of him. Like, I want to see what that performance is. He knocks him out. <laughs> yeah. Like he but like we, Sean Strickland is so unique in what he does, though. Yep. You know, like we haven't seen because people don't do that to Izzy, right? Like, that's not a most people would say that's not a smart thing to do to Izzy. Yep. And so I want to know. I mean, the closest thing we saw was Yoel Romero, but that was a very different challenge. Because Izzy had to be super cautious because it was potential of one and done, right? Izzy took one and was like, yeah, no, I'm just going to hang out on the outside and point him <laughs> to death, right? That's not the case with Sean Strickland. So, yeah, I, I'm very interested to see what Izzy's approach, other than like his shit talk all week, which will be fun. Be awesome. I want to know what his approach is to the fight. I'm, I'm going to have a another just out of left field prediction i think that izzy's so skilled that sean strickland will be frozen i don't think he'll be able to walk let's say the fight goes three rounds i don't th- i think we see sean strickland standing there at some point or or moving backwards where it's just like there's something special about izzy i am i am all in on izzy 
on whoever he fights. I'm just all in. And I just think that he's going to, especially with the way Strickland fights, it's like he just exposes himself to stuff. Izzy's too good. Izzy's too, I mean, think about how close Izzy was to like, you know, he talks about how his big toe went across Anderson Silva's lip. And that's Anderson Silva who was, used to be in the Matrix. I just feel like he's going to he's gonna freeze Strickland. And once you're frozen, well, then Izzy does what he wants to do. Yeah, and we saw Strickland freeze, and it was a while ago, but the Jack Hermanson fight, right, yep. where it was like, hey, you, you, know, you put on a performance here. You might be next for Izzy. And he didn't. He won the fight, but it was not an entertaining fight. It wasn't like a normal Sean Strickland fight. So, I, you know, does he learn from that? I'm interested. I, I am interested, not because I think it's going to be an overly competitive fight, but I want to see how it plays out. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I, I don't think it's going to be an overly competitive fight. But to your point, let's live in a world where Sean Strickland wins. I'll be I'll it, it'll, it'll be jaw dropping moment for me. I don't see your your first note. I don't see a path to victory for Strickland. Neither do I in any uh, parallel universe either. I just don't see oh, it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, the, to me, it would be a bigger, you know, these upsets that we've seen recently, this would be the biggest. No, 100%. Right? Like, this is bigger than Pajeda beating Izzy. It's bigger than Edwards beating Usman. It's bigger than Grasso beating Shevchenko. Like, this would be just because stylistically, it doesn't yeah. make sense. At all. Yeah. But I can't wait to watch it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I, and I am going to tune in. Yeah. Uh, and then we have uh, our fight announcements this week. We already talked about uh, Pavlovich being the backup for Jones versus Stipe at UFC 295. Uh, Yasmin Lucindo, who was added to the Noche UFC card uh, last week, I believe it was, or the week before. Now she has an opponent change because uh, now Elise Reed is fighting Lupi Godinez. So Yasmin Lucindo is fighting Josephine Knutson, who from Contender Series two weeks ago was the only fighter to not get a contract who won. Uh, but jokes on you, Dana. Now you didn't see it that night, but now she's in the UFC. Nice. So uh, yeah, so that you know we're big fans of Lucindo here. Really, this is one of those fights where now that she's shown herself, you need to do to this woman what you should be doing to this woman. Well said. You have to. You have mm -hmm. to. And then October seventh, a fight night. They don't have a headliner for that one yet, uh, but not the best nickname in MMA. But one that I like, my man Joe Body Bags with a Z Piper taking on Abdul Razak Al Hassan, uh, that big Joe Piper fan. He he brings it every single time. He hasn't done anything in the cage that would make me not be super excited to watch him fight. Uh, so excited that he has one on the on the horizon now. Okay, are you still a Joe Piper or Pfeiffer, whatever the fuck his last name is? Pfeiffer, fan? Yeah. If, if it's a uh, Joe Body, I mean Body Bags with an S. Or, or does the Z really like take it over? Yeah, it does. Because okay. like, without saying much, I feel like it tells me a little something about him. Fair enough, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, like it gives me those like two thousands new metal vibes. Hell <laughs> so yeah, like, it does. yeah, it does. That's and, our and that, generation. Yeah, say, and, and that was our shit. So. <laughs> mm -hmm. I would say that wasn't putting S's on shit, dude. Everything was a Z yeah. with my chain wallet. <laughs> <laughs> so, anything else on your end? Yeah, I want to say I'm so tired, and I don't even want to talk about this, but I, it just mm -hmm. grinded my gears. Jorge Masvidal talking about coming back to defend or to unify the BMF belt with Justin Gaethje. Can we stop this foolishness? Like, he said it as though it's a fucking belt, and I, I, 
I'm going to say this right now. If you dare try to put weight on this belt, I'm just going to stop the podcast altogether. The fact that Jorge Masvidal is saying, and this is a guy that, you know, <laughs> I wish you guys could see this motherfucker's face looking at me right now. Uh, the, this is a guy that, like, whether you like him or not, he's one of these guys that's like, you know, he's he tells it like it is and all this stuff. He's playing this BMF belt, and... Like I said, I wasn't going to talk about it, but to say I would, I would think about coming back for a unification of the BMF belt with Justin Gaethje. What are you talking about? Now go ahead and make okay. me blood red. So, so he's talking about the only belt that matters. <laughs> uh, you said you're not going to put any weight on it. Good, because you don't have to, because it is the only belt that matters. And I don't know about you, but are we saying that Gaethje has an interim? BMF belt because if that is the case then yes we do need uh-huh. unification and that is a fight that needs to happen because I don't you know what now that you're making me think about an interim BMF belt I'm not going to sleep well tonight <laughs> until I know what is going to happen uh, with that unification met. or until or until Masvidal accepts that Gaethje has the real BMF belt. Because if that's not the real belt, my world is upside down. <laughs> I don't feel good. I need resolution. Dude, it, it bums me out so much that like, it just that, feels... Yeah, that, that might not be the real BMF belt. It bums me yeah, out that's, too. Yeah, that's, that's what it is. It just bums <laughs> me out that like, we're talking about this thing like it's a thing and like, and making making ideas of... Oh, it's, it's just Hold on, it's not a thing. It is the, <laughs> the thing. thing. <laughs> it is the thing. It is the only oh. belt that matters. And thank you guys for listening to our last episode of <laughs> this podcast. It just bums me out, man. It just bums me out. Yeah, 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 yeah me too. <laughs> Let's get unification <laughs> on that note. Appreciate y'all for listening. Love and respect. Later.